0: Okay, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the testimony of these young people that came back from EncounterCon and for Jill and Israel for chaperoning and and being there for the young people. And I pray that everything that you have spoken to them would be solidified in their hearts, souls, and spirit. And I ask, Father, that you would use them to minister to us and to encourage us in your word. And now, Lord, as we take time to break open your word and to look into this portion of scripture, I pray that your Holy Spirit would... Speak to us individually, personally, of what you would have us do to be your witnesses in the world. And so now, Father, I pray for your anointing that you would use me to minister to and to speak to these, your people, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, when we have extra events going on at the church, like um, EncounterCon, Don't Dinner Night Out, We had um, a men's getaway, a men's conference, women's getaway, women's conference, and there's a women's Bible study that's taking place uh, once a week. Uh, It's not just something we do; it's an opportunity for us to grow in the Lord and to fellowship together. You know, the word talks about um, you know a two chord bond is is you know is strong, but a three chord bond can't break. You know, and uh, what that's talking about is there can be you or you and your spouse, but boy, when you add the Lord, he's the third cord, it can't be broken. And so we need to realize that we come together, and we're going to be looking at a portion in a moment that tells us we come together to encourage one another in the Lord. I don't know if you realize this, but things out there are getting pretty dark. Things out there are pretty discouraging. But we have the blessed hope of the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, We might have the only hope that people out there will ever hear or receive because this world is all about now, and here's the thing. Now ends. It's already the next moment, but we have to be looking to the future, and the future we have is in Jesus Christ. Now, we're going to find in this portion um, that there was a perfection that was required not only of the sacrifice that would be offered for the sins of the people, but there had to be a perfection in the priest offering the sacrifice. And of course, the wonderful good news that you and I have is that we had the perfect sacrifice who was himself the perfect high priest that he offered perfectly on the cross for you and I that all of our sins might be forgiven. You understand that most of your sins aren't forgiven. All of your sins are forgiven. All of them. Well, what about this one? This is one I kind of keep in the closet, keep, you know, hidden away. I don't want anyone to. It's forgiven. It's forgiven. And the beautiful thing about coming to the Lord is not only are all of our sins forgiven, but we have the assurance, Scripture tells us. Not a hope, we have the assurance. It is a hope, but we have the assurance and the promise of eternal life. If we die, we're going to be with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I'll tell you what, brothers and sisters, as, you get it, as you're getting older, you realize this. And uh, I was thinking this morning, I said, it's too bad people weren't like cars. You take an old car and you, you know, give it a new paint job and you fix it all up and you work in the engine, and now it's a classic car. And it dry, you drive it down the road and people are staring at you. But with people, we just get old, you know. (laughs) Anyway, in Matthew, if you want to open there, chapter 16, we have to understand that Jesus Christ is our perfect continuous sacrifice because God raised him from the dead. See, all the other sacrifices that were offered in the Old Covenant, they were offered, there were blood sacrifices that were offered for our sin, and then the meat of that sacrifice was offered on the altar of sacrifice, and it went up as a sweet-smelling aroma to the Lord. And the, but then the carcass was taken outside into the Kidron Valley and was thrown on the dung heap. And that was it, the sacrifice was over with. And if you committed another sin, you had to go through it all over again. You had to offer a whole new sacrifice. You had to start all over again. But with Jesus Christ, he rose from the dead, so his sacrifice is continuous. It never ends. And so when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your God and as your Savior... And you just cry out to him, God, forgive me, a sinner. He comes in, forgives your sin, fills your heart with his Holy Spirit, your cardia, your inner man. And you are now able to have the assurance of being with the Lord. When this body gives out, do you understand that as a believer, when you close your eyes in death, you open them in life instantly. 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 What a blessing that is. But in Matthew chapter 16, if you're there, and picking up with verse 24, Matthew 16, 24 through 25, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires, notice it's anyone, not some people, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And so we have to understand the only way we can come to Jesus Christ is by losing our life. And that's hard for us because we live in probably one of the most self-centered, egotistical cultures that ever existed. You know, it's all about me. It's all about how I feel. It's all about what's going on in my life. It's about how I look. It's about who's my friend and who's not my... It's all about me. Well, the reality is, it's not about us. It's all about Him. And we have to realize that we just have one purpose, and that is to serve the living God. You know, so many people, when they think of um, Jesus, they probably think that when he walked around, he had flowing hair and, you know, had these crisp robes, and you know, he just walked around. People were just going, oh, and they looked at him. Do you know what the Bible tells us about Jesus? He had no comeliness or form that people would desire him. Do you know what that means? He wasn't good looking and he wasn't well built. It's pretty amazing, because we want to think of Jesus as being perfect in the the physical, manly way. He could blend right into a crowd, and no one would even know who he was. But he was the Son of God, born of a woman. He came into the world in the flesh, but he himself was God. Jesus was fully man and fully God. And so when he died... And was glorified and went to sit at the right hand of God the Father. He sits there as our perfect sacrifice. That anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone. And then in the Gospel of Luke chapter 9 verse 23 it says, Then he said to them all, to all the people, If anyone, not some, not a few, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. You want to follow Jesus? Deny yourself. It's not about me. How often do I have to take up my cross? Daily and follow him. That's what scripture is telling us here. And so we have to realize that as believers we have one responsibility. Think about this. We have one responsibility. Surrender. Surrender. Do you ever see, uh, um, what do they call that fighting? What is it what, that your daddy likes? UFC. You know, see that UFC fighting and stuff like that? And the guy gets it. He's put in some kind of a crazy hole. He's all twisted around in knots. And he starts going, Kissing. you know what that means? I surrender. I'm done. Well, you and I have to be going Kissing. all the time. I surrender. I'm done. Because every time I try to do it on my own, I'm all tied up in knots. And all kinds of pain. We need to surrender to the Lord. And then what's beautiful in this portion that we're going to read... He ends this portion that we're going to read four times saying this, okay? I am the Lord. Four times he ends this portion by saying, I am the Lord. Why? Because there's no other reason except for he's Lord, for us to do anything, to live for him, to serve him, to take our next breath. The only purpose is because he is the Lord. And so, therefore, what he commands, we obey if we obey him you know that is the very essence of all of our peace and joy. So we're in Leviticus 22 and we're going to be looking at verses 11 through or I'm sorry 17 through 33. Leviticus 22 17 through 33. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, "Speak to Aaron and his sons and to all the children of Israel and say to them, whatever man of the house of Israel or of the strangers in Israel who offers his sacrifice for any of his vows or for any of his freewill offerings, which they offer to the Lord as a burnt offering, you uh, you shall offer of your own free will a male without blemish from the cattle or from the sheep or from the goats. Whatever has a defect, you shall not offer, for it shall not be acceptable on your behalf. And whoever offers a sacrifice or a peace offering to the Lord to fulfill his vow, vow or a free will offering from the cattle or sheep, it must be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no defect in it. Those that are blind or broken or maimed or have an ulcer or eczema or scabs, you shall not offer to the Lord, nor make any offering by fire of them on the altar of the Lord. Either a bull. Or a lamb that has any limb too long or too short, you may offer as a free will offering, but for a vow it shall not be accepted. You shall not offer to the Lord what is bruised or crushed or torn or cut, nor shall you make any offering of them in your land, nor from a foreigner's hand shall you offer any of these as the bread of your God, because their corruption is in them and defects are in them, they shall not be accepted on your behalf. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, When a bull or a sheep or a goat is torn, it shall be seven days with its mother, and from the eighth day and thereafter it shall be acceptable as an offering made by fire to the Lord. Whether it is a cow or you, do not kill both her and her young on the same day. And when you offer sacrifices of thanksgiving to the Lord, offer it of your own free will. On the same day it shall be eaten, you shall leave none of it until morning. I am the Lord. Therefore you shall keep my commandments and perform them. I am the Lord. You shall not profane my holy name, but it will be hallowed among the children of Israel." I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. Well, it's obvious here that when we look at this perfect sacrifice that God was requiring, it was looking forward to the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. You have to realize that God loves us. God's very nature, in essence, is love. God is love. And because he loves us, his desire is to bring us into intimate fellowship with him and not suffer the fires of hell. Hell is real. No one talked about hell more than Jesus Christ. And so we have to realize there is a heaven and there is a hell. And anyone whose name is not written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire and their cries will be heard forever and ever, we're told. Well, how do you get your name in the Lamb's book of life? Anyone whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life will be cast... In, how do you get your name in there? It's very simple. Jesus, forgive me a sinner. Forgive me a sinner. I accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Come and rule my life. And your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I love that old hymn. Some of you might remember it. There's, an, I, I, I sometimes try to sing and I really embarrass myself. It's so funny, people say when my son Frank and I talk on the phone, we sound alike, they don't even know which one they're talking to. I can't carry a tune in a basket, and you know how beautifully he sings, it's amazing. But anyway, there's an old hymn, all that so I don't embarrass myself. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, oh yes it's mine. The white robe angels sing the glory, a sinner has come home. You see what that's talking about? When you're born again, there's a new name written down in glory. And it's yours when you're born again. And all the angels in heaven are rejoicing because a sinner has come home. That's the promise we have in the Lord. And so to offer the Lord our best, our life, as being sanctified unto him, is what God desires. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says... I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, listen to this, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice, the living sacrifice, holy, acceptable acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's what he's calling us to, each one of us. We're not to be just some, you know, side of the road kind of Christian. Now, there's a lot of people that are going to be getting, you know, going to go into heaven and be called smoky. That's, I take that from a portion of scripture that some did escape the flames with even this smell of smoke on them. In other words, you just kind of make it in. But the reality is, I don't want to be called smoky when I get to heaven. I want to be called, you know, someone who was on fire for the Lord, not smoke, but fire. And so... You and I as believers have a responsibility to take the mantle that God has given us, the mantle of the priesthood. Did you know you're a priest? You're a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a holy people You know that have been set apart. For what purpose? To declare the glories of God. We're all in the priesthood. And so either we can be active priests, sharing the word of God, interceding between God and man by leading them to Jesus Christ and the free gift of salvation, or we can just be oh hum christians here's the thing we have to understand it's wonderful when governments have or like say police departments have undercover cops and then you have you know uh, uh governments they have these undercover you know spies that go into different god doesn't have any undercover agents you know some people like to be undercover christians i'm not going to let anyone know i'm saved. What good does that do to anyone? It doesn't do any good to you, and it doesn't do any good to anyone else. There are no undercover Christians. We need to be out there. Now, having said that, I'm not talking about being ostentatious or being, you know what I'm saying? Like um, some people just get into all this crazy stuff, you know. They walk up to someone, and they're meeting them for the first time. Hi, are you saved? If you're not saved, you're going to hell. You better get saved right now, idiot, you know that's not the way it works we're supposed to be the aroma of christ and so when we're around people they see and sense and know the difference that is in us by the holy spirit but the reality is that our greatest witness is by our behavior more people are won by your behavior than they are by all your words it's easy to talk a good game you know what i'm saying I could get out there with my grandsons and some of the granddaughters and stuff out there in the basketball court, and I could say, well, what do you guys? You guys see my moves. You know, you're know, you not going to be able to stop me. I'm going to get up there. I'm going to do over-the-head dunks and this and that. I can talk a big game, and I can't walk very well. You get the point I'm making. It's easy to talk a big game, but we have to be willing to do the work that God has called us to do. such an amazing thing. And you know... It cost us something. I love in, in uh, First Chronicles 21:24, and David was going to be offering a sacrifice, and he wanted to buy, you know this, this uh, piece of land from Arnon and, and uh, to offer sacrifice to the Lord. And he said, "No, I'll give it to you, O king." And, and David said, uh, "Let me just read this one part. He said, "I will not take what is yours for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings with that which costs me nothing." Do you want to offer to the Lord that which costs you nothing? I mean, sometimes it costs us something to be his witness. Sometimes it might cost us ridicule. Sometimes it might cause estrangement between people. But we have to offer to the Lord everything. Now, a free will offering, a thank offering and fellowship offering could be made with animals that had, de- that had you know, certain defects. They couldn't be unclean, and they couldn't be cut or bruised or crushed. But they could have certain defects. And what that speaks to you and I is you and I offer the Lord our best, but it's not going to be perfect. Right? Because these offerings were one that someone gave just free, out of free will. They weren't required to do it. They weren't forced to do it. They just wanted to do it because they loved God. And that's when it could have the defect. And so you and I, we serve because we love the Lord. And even though we might have certain defects and maybe our our sacrifice isn't perfect, the Lord takes it and makes it his. It's just such an unbelievable thing. Now, why would the law require that a newborn stay with his mother for seven days? Well, I did a lot of study on that, trying to find out why, and and the best answer I could find is it was considered that a newborn, you know, uh, you or, or, you know, uh, cow or or goat, uh, when it was born, it wasn't fit to eat, that it took nourishment for seven days in order to make it nutritional and good for eating. And so that's the reason the Lord waited until it was seven days old, and on the eighth day it was perfect for sacrifice. And it's just wonderful that we have to understand that Jesus Christ, he rose from the dead that we might have eternal life. Jesus rose from the dead early in the morning on the first day of the week. And so you and I have to wait for the Lord to give us the perfection and the nourishment we need to go out and to be able to be his witnesses. I'm not saying that if you got saved today, you have to be quiet for seven days or seven years. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying when it comes to really um, getting out there and sharing your faith, you want to make sure you know what you're talking about. Because sometimes people are sharing things that I don't know where they're getting it from. It's not from the Bible. Now, In verse 25, it tells us this is the bread of God. Therefore, it must be made perfect. And um, so we have to realize that you and I are not perfect, right? We are not perfect um, in performance. Is there anyone here who's perfect in, in performance? Raise your hand, and I'll call you a liar. But anyway none of us are perfect in performance none of us are but we're supposed to be perfect in intent the one thing i know is when i was 31 years old and i'm 74 now when i was was i 31 or 30 i don't know how old i was but i think when i was 31 i gave my life to jesus christ and i still follow him not because i've been perfect or my performance has always been perfect. It hasn't. In fact, many times far short of that. But my intent has always been perfect. I've always loved the Lord. I've always wanted to follow him. And I never shrunk back from anything he was calling me to do. That's what he wants from us. He wants our intent to be perfect. Your performance will not be. And... um it's also interesting that even with animals, God's tenderness shows, comes through when he says the mother and the, and the young shall not be slaughtered on the same day. You know, there's, there's nothing you can find. You can study all you want to give some real you know, biblical, you know, scriptural reason for that. The only thing I could come up with is it just shows God's mercy, not to have them both die on the same day. And we have to realize that God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt with all kinds of miraculous signs and wonders. And the Lord still works that way in our hearts and in our lives. How many times have we seen things happen that we just can't even imagine? It's, it's an amazing thing of how God can work through us. And sometimes when he works the most effectively through us, we don't even know it. I mean, I, I can't even remember who it was, and I'm not going to try to remember who it was, but... Um, Vi was with me, and and, uh, I don't even remember who, who, I don't know who she was. But she came up to to us, and she said, you know, Pastor Frank, I had no idea who she was. I didn't remember her from anywhere in the world. And she said, you know, that conversation that you had with me changed my life. I said, well, praise God. The point is, I can praise God because it had nothing to do with me. I don't even remember it. It just has to do with the Lord. And so we have to realize as believers, we just simply serve God. And we have to make sure we don't try to take credit for anything. You know, we have a great example in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, if you want to write it down. And it's the account of uh, Ananias and his wife Sapphira. And what was happening is this is in the first century church in Jerusalem. It was after the resurrection of Jesus Christ and, and after his ascension to heaven and the coming of the Holy Spirit. And the church was established and it was growing in Jerusalem. They had thousands you know, that were being saved at a time in Jerusalem. And the church had grown. And so what was happening is you had believers in the church that, were, that would go and they'd sell portion of land they'd sell a house whatever what they'd sell it and they would bring all the proceeds from that you know transaction and lay it at the apostles feet and say use this to help the poor I give it all to you and people were blessed to see those that have had such self sacrifice that were willing to to give of their own to help the poor and so Ananias and Sapphira said we want some of those accolades we want some of those praises but we're stingy, and we don't really want to give at all. So what they did is they went and they sold a parcel of land, and they brought it to the apostles' feet, but they held some of it back. We're not told how much. who could have been three quarters. But they held some of it back. In other words, they sold the parcel of land, put a bunch in their pocket, and then they took the rest of it and laid it at the apostles' feet and said, here, We sold this parcel of land, and all the proceeds were given to feed the poor. And Peter looked at Ananias and said, Ananias, you've not lied to me. You've lied to the Holy Spirit. And Ananias fell over dead. And the young men came and carried him out, and later on his wife Sapphira came in. And so Peter said to Sapphira, he said, you know, your husband told us that he sold this parcel of land and he brought in the full proceedings in order to help the poor. Is that really true? And she said, yes. And he said, the feet of the young men that carried your dead husband out are going to carry you out. And she fell down dead. Well, I'm glad the Lord doesn't work that way all the time because we'd all be dead. But the point is the seriousness of trying to take any of the glory on ourselves Do you understand? Those that sold their land and gave it all to the feeding of the poor, they weren't doing it so people would look at them and say they were wonderful. They just wanted to love Jesus and to show it by expressing their love to others. And so we have to understand is that our worship has to be freely given to the Lord, holding nothing back because it's always about him. Everything we do should be to honor his name. And so we have to understand that we offer him our best. And he is the greatest. And he offers back to us his best, which is salvation, which is eternal life. In first Peter one, eighteen through nineteen, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Jesus paid it all, all to him we owe. Sin in our life had painted a crimson stain, but he's washed us white as snow. What an amazing thing that the Lord would take a wretch like you and I and make us one of his who saved a wretch like me you know and he wrote that song amazing grace i can't remember his name now scriven no john newton, john newton. i knew it was john newton no <laughs> john newton was a um, he he was a, a sailor a captain and 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 he was horrible the men hated him in fact one time he fell overboard and they pulled him in with a harpoon no they did i'm serious and and eventually he ended up um Getting saved, and it's a long story I won't get into, and he ended up getting saved. And he wrote Amazing Grace, and he said that saved a wretch like me. That wasn't just you know, him trying to be profound. He was speaking from his heart. God saved a wretch like me. And what did the Apostle Paul call himself? The chief of sinners. Here's the one thing I know, is that I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm a sinner maintained by grace. I'm a sinner that's going to be glorified by grace. It's all grace, grace, grace. And his grace is poured out because of his mercy. His mercy. You know, people, have you ever heard someone say, I just want what I deserve. I say, please don't give me what I deserve. But anyone who's saying, I just want what I deserve, think of the pride of heart and attitude that's coming from. I know what I deserve. I deserve hell. But instead, I have eternal life in Jesus Christ. I have the promise of heaven. What a beautiful promise God has given us. And so when we read portions like this in Leviticus, remember, everything that was written in the past was written for our learning that through constant endurance of the scripture we might have hope. All the Old Testament was just pointing the way to the new covenant, to the coming of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament is perfection. The New Testament is grace and mercy. Because none of us are going to go to heaven because of how good we are. None of us. We're only going to heaven by the grace and mercy of God. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name and we thank you for your grace and mercy. And if there are any here today, Lord, who don't know you, who aren't saved, who aren't born again, I pray that this would be the day of their salvation. Nothing spectacular that they have to do except cry out to you, confessing that they're sinners and asking you to forgive them and to take over their life. It's that simple, Lord, because your love has to be simple towards us. Otherwise, we wouldn't understand it. And so now, Father, come by your Holy Spirit and minister these words to each one of our hearts that we might walk in all your ways. I pray in Jesus' Yeshua's name, amen and amen. God bless you, my friends.